0: Sometime this week, you will be um, humming that phrase. Hallow be your name. And, uh, let all creation praise. And you're gonna. Think, what was? What was the rest of that line? That song's uh, simple. Kingdom. If you go looking for it, and uh, what a, what a gift of a song. I want to ask you to notice the white piece of paper that was in uh, the chairs when you came in today, and if uh, you are a member at Watkinsville, one of the responsibilities that comes with membership here is voting and affirming uh, spiritual leadership for our church, specifically our church leadership team is what I'm referring to at this time. Um, Our... Uh, In December, we elected two new members to serve on the church leadership team. And so coming into the year, uh, those uh, six serving on that team, along with me and our executive pastor, Joel Shinpo, would be uh, Dave Schumann, Jason Matthews, Ralph Moore, um, Mike Kane, Dave Stearns, and John Chanel. As we... uh, come to this point John Chanel has uh, taken position of college pastor on our church staff and so that creates a vacancy on our church leadership team and this morning the church leadership team is bringing to you the recommendation of Andy Bars uh, to serve in this role and he will uh, finish this the two years remaining on uh, the term that John Chanel had started last year. And so Andy Bars, his wife is Carmen, and two children and been members of our church for more than 15 years and uh, served as a deacon here and a lot of other service roles. And uh, some of you will know them, some of you will not. Uh, you see a picture there, it'll help some. But if you are a member uh, of Watkinsville, I want to ask you to indicate that on the uh, paper here and mark the ballot, and when you leave today in the exits, you'll see some boxes that are marked for you to drop those in, so I want you to take care of that, do that, and, um, and leave those in the boxes on your way out. Now, I want us to go to the Lord, and let's pray together right now. Father, um, just seeing Andy's name here. Thinking of these others that are already serving, uh, just so grateful this morning for those that you have assembled together in our church family, just uh, love you, serve you, looking for no recognition or fame, just walking with you and and um, loving you, loving our church, and thank you for continuing to provide in this church family that kind of servant, that kind of leadership. I do pray in this moment for our church leadership team. Lord, please give us wisdom. Uh, give us a growing heart and passion to love you and serve you and help us to be um, faithful caretakers and stewards of this fellowship. Father, we have so much to be thankful for and help us to stay in step with you, to rely on you, to depend on you. Please, uh, Lord, help us to not put our confidence or faith or trust in man, but as people that belong to you, Lord, I pray we would totally and completely be surrendered to you help us to know your voice Holy Spirit grateful for the way you work and lead and guide convict change and transform and we want to be a part of that we don't want to do what just we can do we want to walk in step with you so help us as a church to stay faithful on task keep what you consider the main thing the main thing Please don't let us get distracted or picked off by any schemes of the enemy. And let us, Lord, be a part of something here in this part of your kingdom that can only be explained by your hand. And uh, so we submit ourselves to you today. We open your word and grateful that your word is preserved for us. We, We trust and believe that your word is alive and active You use it to transform us, to tell us who you are, to show us who you are so we can know you and love you and serve you. We pray this morning if there's any person in this room that doesn't know you as their Savior and Lord, this would be the day you would speak to their heart. They would respond to you in faith and be saved today before this morning ends. And so we commit this time to you for your glory. Would you... Like the disciples said, would you teach us how to pray? And we bring these things before you, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I'm not sure uh, we will admit it, but my guess is that several of us have asked the God and creator of the universe, the one who holds the stars and the planets in place, the one who tells the waves where to go and where to stop, the one who reigns from heaven. I'm guessing that several of us have asked that, He might help us get a shot at a buck this year. (laughs) Or just maybe one more bite before we leave the lake. Or Lord, if you would see fit, could there be at least one can of cream of chicken at the grocery store when I go by there tonight? Or Lord, I've got to have a pair of brown boots, please. Just my size in brown. If there could be a dress, Lord, for this event. Um, some of you have, some of us, <laughs> said, Lord, I need an A on this test. <laughs> oh, you said, Lord, this would be a great semester for my future mate to be in my class. <laughs> Amen my goodness, probably somebody in this room that prayed for a Miss Philgold recently. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we we laugh and we we joke about that, but we do that because in ways we think that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the infinite one, is not really too concerned with our basic everyday, everyday needs and wants. But I love what Adrian Rogers says, that if it's big enough to concern you, it's big enough to concern your Heavenly Father. And today, that's what Jesus is teaching us in the Lord's Prayer. He's teaching us that God wants to be involved in every part of our life. Look in Matthew chapter 6 and We continue studying through the Lord's Prayer, praying in these days, 21 days intentionally. Uh, If you've not come in the mornings, uh, we have one more week of that. Some of you have been once or twice or every day and still time, make it just these last few days or just one more day. We meet at 6.15 in the chapel. We're done by 6.45 and uh, we're praying through the Lord's Prayer together that he would teach us how to pray, praying he'd give us a Increasing appetite for communion with him and prayer. And we've already looked at some of these verses, but I want to read again from verse 9 down through verse 11. Jesus said, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done for earth, on earth, as it is in heaven. And then verse 11 for today. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is teaching us through this prayer how to talk to God. The Son of God, the only begotten Son of God is teaching us how to talk to his heavenly Father. He's teaching us how to talk to our heavenly Father. And through this prayer, jesus is showing us that god wants us to know him personally as father god wants us to know him personally as father now we know him personally as father not because we have been born but because we have been born again and the way we enter the kingdom and the way we have a personal relationship with the Father, the way we're reconciled to the one who created us is for our sin to be dealt with. And the way our sin is dealt with is to go to Jesus Christ who died and was buried and he rose again on the third day and he paid for sin. And that, that death, that redemption, that righteousness is applied to your life when you, by grace, believe in faith that Jesus Christ did that for you. And when you believe on him, when you trust him as your Savior, Jesus Christ gives you his righteousness so that when God looks at you, he sees you through his son, Jesus, and we become joint heirs with Christ. We become a child of God. And he wants us to see here in our praying that we can know him as, in a personal way, as our heavenly father. He's also showing us in this prayer that he wants, that God wants us to seek him passionately as king. And in this verse, just short phrases, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then verse 10 opens up to us the fact that our Father has a kingdom, which means he's the king, he's the ruler and reigner. He says, your kingdom come. And if you read through the Gospel of Matthew in these days, you'll see again and again and again the kingdom taught about and what it is and how the kingdom works. And you see the passion of this prayer when he says, your name, your kingdom, your will and the very beginning of this prayer is kind of this ordering and positioning and prioritizing that in our prayer life and in our everyday life, that ultimately it's about His name and His kingdom and His will. And he's teaching us third today in this prayer, and only that He wants us to know Him personally as Father and seek Him passionately, as king, he wants us to rely on him practically as our provider. He wants us to rely on him practically as our provider. And when you look at this and you hear this phrase, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. We, we, we have that memorized, and it, it gets a, a certain kind of rhythm to it it's hard to break out of it sometimes and you start reading it and you start almost singing uh, the verses as you read them but as you think about father hallowed heaven kingdom will and it just feels big doesn't it it feels grand it feels like we're dealing with greatness and when we think about kingdom prayers they seem so much more grand and godly than food prayers and it's such a it's almost whiplash to go from praying your kingdom come your will be done i'm gonna need something to eat today and that's really that's really where the the prayer goes that's where jesus takes us and he puts god on the throne he puts God is father, he puts, God is king, we're servants, and then he teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Our father, the king, if this prayer teaches us anything, it teaches us that God wants even our food prayers. God wants our most basic needs to be met in him, to be addressed by him. The father and king wants to be involved in your nine to five, in your six to 12, in your 24 hours, in your seven-day week, in, your, in the most basic needs of our life. The father is saying, I'm here. I'm on the scene. I'm involved. Bring me in. Ask me. Let's talk. Let me help. Let me do it. God wants to be involved with you in the most basic needs and activities of your life. Why? I mean, could could He not have made us to never get physically hungry? Certainly could. I mean, if he could make us to be able to go 40 days, he could make us be able to go 40 years. Why would he he put us here on this earth as physical people, spiritual people, to be dealing with the need for daily things? So I want to answer that question. Why would God want us to ask him for our daily bread? And thinking the most basic needs of everyday life, number one, must be because he knows that these kind of prayers will promote humility and surrender. These kind of prayers promote humility and surrender. Even our most basic life needs are possible to be met because of God's place as provider. He, he wants us to see that the father, the creator, the king, the ruler of the universe, the sovereign one, the infinite one, one who has no beginning and no end, who never sleeps or never slumbers. He wants us to know him and see him as our provider. And it it just happens to be the case that the way our minds work and our lives work and our choices work and our attitudes work is that we need a daily reminder that he's the provider. You look through the Old Testament, you come to the story of the Israelites who left slavery in Egypt. and God has them in the wilderness and they're roaming around in the wilderness for those 40 years. What did he do? Day after day after day, he brought what we read about in Scripture. It's called what? Manna. And from heaven, they would wake each day and there would be uh, manna there on the ground for them to collect and eat for their nourishment on that day. And then that day would end and they would wake up the next day and what would be there on the ground? What would be there? Manna and they would eat, and they would wander, and they would walk, and they would journey, and they'd wake up the next day and the next morning, and there on the ground, there would be what? Manna. And they'd go to bed, they'd lay down, and they'd wake up the next morning, and there would be manna. Now, I could say that seven times, and we don't say manna on the seventh time. Because the story goes that on the sixth day alone, you were to gather enough food to supply on the day of rest. The pattern there was just daily, 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 daily. God showing his children, you're going to have to rely on me daily. But what did some of them do? They hoarded it. And they gathered it up, and they thought they could hold on to it because at that time they weren't sure if the morning would bring them more manna. So they stocked it up, and they piled it up. And what happened when they hoarded it up, and they stocked it up and tried to hold on to it? What happened? It rotted. It ruined. There was a stench, and there was a smell throughout the camp because they had disobeyed God, and they had begun to trust their own devices and their own ways and their own thinking. And God is saying, no, trust me daily. Daily. I want you in humility and surrender to be in a place where you're leaning on me, relying on me as your heavenly father. Now listen, the menu has changed for us and the delivery method has changed for us, but the the provider has not changed for us. The God of the universe, the king of kings, Lord of lords, our father is still in position of being our provider and praying this way puts us in a position to say God you know what I need I think I know what I need and I'm asking you to provide for my needs I think of the wisdom in Proverbs 30 verse 8 and 9 the writer of this chapter says remove far from me falsehood and lying and then listen to his prayer give me neither poverty nor riches give me neither poverty nor riches Feed me with the food that is needful for me lest I be full and deny you and say who is the Lord or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. What was the wisdom in that verse? The wisdom in that verse was recognizing that he could be in a position that if he didn't have enough he'd be tempted to do something wrong. And if he had too much he would be tempted to do something wrong. And it's a it's a a warning to us in a in a day and time where we have so much abundance to not put our faith, not put our faith in what we can do, and not put our faith in what we have, because those things can ruin us. He teaches us to pray daily for our needs to be met. Why would God ask us to pray for our daily bread? Number two seems to deepen our relationship with him. It deepens our relationship with him. Don't miss that in this prayer. It starts off your name, your kingdom, your will on earth as it is in heaven. But then verse 11, verse 12, verse 13, just it shows us the communion that God desires with you. It shows us the communion that God desires with with us when we ask the father for help well let me just back up when you ask when you ask a neighbor for help you ask a friend for help you ask someone you don't know real well for help what happens changes the relationship it can bore into it can bore into the hard surfaces of relationships and when we go to the lord and we ask him for help and he hears us bring our most basic needs and we see his concern for our most basic needs we begin to see him in a new light in a fresh way in a powerful intimate communing kind of way we've lived in the same house for uh, just over 21 years we rented for 18 months in two different houses and we first came we've been where we are for 21 years and neighbors uh, beside us and in front of us are just the same today as they were the day that we moved in there are other neighbors around us and I think about the relationship that I have with the neighbors. For a long time, uh, a relationship with our most immediate neighbor, neighbors that was just a wave, a little bit of conversation, a little bit of defending on my part while there were 42 toys in our yard uh, when they had no kids at home. And, and I remember the day that I went to him and asked him if he could help me repair a chair. I could not get fixed. And how that relationship changed from that day on as we began to relate on me having a need and him being able to help with that. I remember a medical issue that came up that Carla responded to in their family, and how that again drove our relationship deeper. Prayer with them in the hospital, in the time of sickness, how it drove the relationship. Deeper. And and it's a picture in human relationships of what happens in our heavenly relationship as we take our needs to the Lord and we present to Him our need for help and we see Him working in our life, we begin to experience the realness of who He is. So that's my Father. That's the King. He wants to hear from me daily about my needs. I think a relationship between The Apostle Paul and a a young disciple named Mark. When Paul started out on a missionary journey with Barnabas, they took Mark. You follow the story in Acts. As they traveled to different missionary stops, there came a time of disagreement between the Apostle Paul and Barnabas. It had been such an encouragement to Paul, but they they got so crossed up because the Apostle Paul did not want to take Mark with them. He didn't want Mark to be a part of the journey. And so they split. You see it in the book of Acts. And Paul goes on the journey with Silas and Barnabas takes Mark. And you'd think that was over, but something happened. Because in the last letter that Paul wrote to young Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, as he's closing the letter, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, talking about coming to see him, he says to him, and bring Mark. Bring Mark. And here's what he says. Because he's been helpful to me in ministry. It's, a, it's an example to us to that would give us kind of an eye into. God would say to us, hey, I could have made you where you didn't need food at all. I could have made you where you didn't need daily needs. But I made you in a place where you and I could be in relationship. Even to the point where daily you would need me. Give us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. It deepens our relationship. Number three, God would have us pray for our daily bread. Because it builds our faith. It builds our faith. All different ages in this room. A lot of us carry stories where we have been in situations, maybe as a kid, knowing what was going on with our parents. Maybe as a student in college or a person living out on their own where you were trying to figure out, how am I going to pay the power bill? How am I going to eat today? Where's food going to come from next week? And, and, and the basic needs around us are so glaring. We go to the Lord. We say, Lord, I, we, we need you. We need help. We need you to come through. And as God meets those daily needs, what's he doing? He's just putting, it's almost like he's putting faith chips in the bank. He's, it's like he's showing us again and again and again, I can be trusted. I'm faithful. You can rely on me. Call to me to meet your needs. Faith grows in his ability to meet our daily needs and we get stronger and stronger in our faith and, and when we see a lifetime of needs being met, we find ourselves in a place where we have no trouble trusting him for eternity because we just see he's so faithful. In 1992, Carl and I living in Memphis, Tennessee, finished seminary. I believe God had called me to be a pastor. We had been married. I'd been in school three years. We'd been married two years. She worked as a nurse. Um, she worked. I went to school full time. And she paid our way. And there was a deal. Until you graduate. And then when you finish seminary, I'm stopping here. I'm going to quit. All right. Be done soon, and so we got to May of '92, and she put in her two-week notice. The only thing was, is that nobody had contacted me about being a pastor, (laughs) and so we were looking at a summer and a lifetime, as far as I could see, of uh, what are we going to do? And I remember standing in the parking lot of the seminary, walking out after graduation day and all the celebration, just glancing up at heaven, saying All right, God, I I said I would. Here I am. We had nothing. And uh, I got three phone calls right in that season to speak at three different youth camps that summer. And at each of those camps, they paid me $500 each one of those weeks. And we lived that summer off of that $1,500. Now, a couple of things could happen there. I could have bought a bus and thought, God is about to use me all over the nation calling teenagers to Christ. I mean, I got three this summer. Do you know, since that summer, I have never been asked to do a youth (laughs) count since, except one and I was the pastor of that church. <laughs> and the, the testimony there was, hey, if I got to make you a youth camp speaker, I can provide for you. And by the time those three camps were over that summer, Macedonia Baptist Church in Cleveland, Tennessee, had called a 26-year-old guy to be their pastor. And I remember Wiley Wooten looking at me he was nearing retirement, and he would have been an insulator all his life and and, uh, and he, he was just had his head down and said, "Mr. Wiley, what's wrong?" And hes just shaking his head, and I said, "Really, Mr. Wiley, what, what's going on?" And he said, uh, "Well, he was chairman of Deacons, and he said, "Well, I just I can't believe I'm about to ask a 26- year old to be my pastor." <laughs> and I looked at him with a smile on my face. I said, "Me either." <laughs> We're all crazy. God was just he just providing and, and making a way and just showing us that he's faithful. And I look back on those I tell that story almost 30 years ago now and I tell that story and and, uh, and I think about it and, and you know what that is? That story, those those three youth camps, those were like the stones that the children of Israel stacked at the Jordan River. When God took them across the Jordan River and put them in a place of safety, he He said, stack these stones so that your kids can look back and see how I made a way for you in the past. And along the way, here's what God... You're going to ask God for your daily needs. And there's going to be a time where God vividly, radically, just dramatically... No way to explain it. He's going to show up. And you're going to be amazed and blown away. A few months down the road, you're going to hit a point where you're asking God for your daily needs. Again... And again, and again, and God's up to something that we can't see or know or understand, and we think that he's not being faithful. But what he's done is given you some vivid, clear moments to know that even in the times where it seems like he's not coming through at that moment, you know he's been faithful in the past, and he will be faithful forever. And he's just saying, come, just come daily. Just ask me daily. Just ask me daily for what you need. Trust me as your provider, it builds faith. Number four, last, it it births gratitude. When we pray for our daily needs to be met, it births gratitude. Give us this day our daily bread. Think about the times when you see Jesus with food in his hands. What did Jesus do when he had food in his hands? At the Lord's Supper, he took the bread and the cup, and he did what? He gave thanks. When he took the loaves and the fishes to feed 5,000, you see him take the bread and the loaves, and he did what? He blessed it. He gave thanks. When he fed 4,000 with loaves and fishes, again, what do you see him doing? He blessed it, gave thanks. You see, when we go to the Lord and we say, give us this day our daily bread and he provides for us day after day after day in the most basic needs of everyday life, it births gratitude in us. It puts us in a position to thank him. That church in Cleveland, we were there for eight years. Nelda, we began to call her Memaw Nelda. She was just our Tennessee Memaw and this is one of the most precious women I've ever met. It's in heaven now. But Nelda was maybe the equivalent of what you'd call a parapro today. And she was working with kindergartners in a little school near the church where we pastored. And, and right there, this little public school back in the 90s. She would line them all up for lunch, and she would line her kindergartners up in the lunch to go to the lunchroom. And before they would start moving in that line to the lunchroom, she would call on one of the kids, um, to, in, in their terminology, to say grace before they ate. Right there in the hall, they would, one of the kids would pray and give thanks to the Lord for, for their food they were about to eat. And uh, kids would volunteer sometimes, or she'd call on somebody, and she was telling us. And my recollection is, is that the little kid's name was Dennis, and she said one particular day when I was going to ask the, somebody there, the kids to say grace, and 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 Dennis was incredibly eager that day, and just bouncing, just his little hand and his little body just up and down. I wanna, I wanna say grace. I wanna say grace. I wanna, and she's like, now so I had to call him. I said, okay, Dennis, it's your turn today. And she, he said, everybody bow your heads and the little. Boy bowed his head and just real quiet, and all of a sudden he goes, Grace, and said Amen. And he just smiled so big and just took off to the lunchroom. Listen. When you when you sit down today, here's what I want you to remember. Remember this, and and chew on this a little bit. Every meal is an answered prayer. Every meal is an answered prayer. Now, just pull the word meal out and put any other basic need give us this day our daily Lord you know what I need Jesus is teaching us to pray every year for a number of years not anymore I would meet with one particular man for an hour to discuss business and every year that once a time once a year meeting It'd be about 45 minutes of catching up on life and then 15 minutes of business. And one particular occasion, I sat down with him. His kids were a little bit ahead of us. And they had had a son to go to college, his only son. And I was thinking about what that was going to look like. And I asked him, I said, tell me about that. How's he doing? And he was like nine hours away. And he said, well, he's doing good. And he doesn't come home much. And he talked about it, what was going on in his life. And then he stopped and he looked down at his plate and he looked up at me and here's what that dad said about his son in college he goes he tilted his head he said I just wished he'd call more I just wish he'd call more you hear what that earthly father was saying what I really want Just to talk to him. I have this conviction fresh today that God teaching us to ask for our daily prayers is because your Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, really just wants to hear from us every day. Every day. Every day. Now, I want you to stand. And I'm going to ask our band to come. We're going to testify for what the Lord does. Heads bowed. and do, Just get yourself in a position to finish out this time of worship. And I want, I want to exhort you right now. What is this basic need in your life today? It could be a job, it could be food, it could be relationship, it could be health, it could be car, it could be house, it it, it could be a class. He just wants to hear from you. And would you believe in him so much today to make your ask incredibly practical right now so that when he answers there will be no doubt he has come through for your daily need ask him maybe today somebody in the room needs him to be your heavenly father would you call out to him to save you right now and before you leave find me in the lobby out there and tell me about it let's pray let's seek him, let's worship him let's testify of who he is